Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we discover God's heart and His Word and apply it to our lives. We're going to do just that today with a little Lent leaning. It's going to be a Lenty Teachable Tuesday and I mean that seems on point seeing as tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Did you know that? Now you do. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We bless you. We trust you. We turn our eyes to you now to meet your gaze, Lord, because you're always looking at us. Help us to see your face, to hear your voice, to know your will, and to respond with our whole hearts. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So guys, I mentioned we were going to talk about Lent, and if you've been around for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about Lent, because Lent is my favorite liturgical season. Not naturally, this is a new affinity. About 10 years ago, I went to an Ash Wednesday Mass celebrated by Father John Parks, blessed is she's spiritual advisor, although didn't know him then, the Lord knew. Uh, and he gave a life-changing homily that led to me having a life-changing Lent, which is what I want you to have this Lent, a life-changing Lent. Now you might be wondering, what did he say? And I know it's hard to narrow down because pretty much everything he says is life-changing, but I'll give you this one example. At that Ash Wednesday Mass in his homily, Father Park suggested that this Lent, instead of doing what we think we need to do, what if we asked God what he thought we should do for Lent? And this was like very novel to me. I had a prayer life, but I was uh, very well acquainted with all my weakness and my sin, and it was so in my face that I thought I knew exactly what I needed to do for Lent. I never bothered to ask the Lord, is this going to be the most beneficial thing for me to do this Lent that will lead to my holiness, wholeness, to my healing? No, I was just plowing ahead with my plans. But at Father Parks' suggestion, I went back to the pew, I knelt, after Holy Communion and I asked the Lord, you know, God, I'm, I'm giving up gossip. That was my plan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give that up. But if there's anything else you want me to do, sure enough, just in the quiet of my heart, it, there weren't lightning bolts. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just a, a peaceful knowing, a hearing in my heart, right? We have spiritual ears within. And I heard the Lord say, spend time with me every day. And that invitation was so different, was so unique, it was so life-giving, just even to hear God's voice in that way, that I knew it must be Him. I knew there was something special about that invitation. And there was, there is, when the Lord directs us, when the Lord asks us to do something, He gives us the grace to do it. So you might look back at your previous Lents and think, like, I've got a pretty uh, pretty tricky track record of Lents, right? I have trouble keeping up with my Lenten penances or promises. But this Lent, what if you asked the Lord what he wanted you to do, and he would give you the grace to actually do it, 
to persevere in it. This Lent, what if you had a Holy Spirit-led Lent? This isn't about coming up with the most unique thing, the most hardcore thing to do for Lent. This is about tuning in those spiritual ears to ask the Lord, what's the best thing for me? What's the best thing? And this is the pattern that Jesus set for us when he himself went into the desert. Scripture says that when Jesus went out into the desert, it was the Holy Spirit who drove him into the desert. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert. So it makes sense that you and I would be led by the Holy Spirit into our own deserts this Lent. And instead of giving up what you always give up or what you think you should give up, what if you gave God what he actually wants from you? You might be wondering, (laughs) what does God actually want from me? Surely he wants me to quit gossiping, right? Surely he wants me to have more discipline around food or uh, more charity, um, more generosity with my money. Yeah, yes. But if if we get beneath some of those particulars, what is God really after with every single fast, every penance, all of our almsgiving? What is he really after in our prayer? God wants our heart. That's it. <laughs> Mystery solved. That is what God wants from you. He wants your heart. And the church affirms this on Ash Wednesday. You'll hear this at the reading in the readings tomorrow at mass. Joel chapter 2 verse 12. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. This is all heart language. It's all relational language. Yes, there is mention of, of fasting, right? Of, uh, of penance, of uh, weeping. But what comes first is the heart. It's all a movement of the heart. God wants your heart. That's what he's after this Lent. And yes, our penances, our, our almsgiving, our fasting, those things move us toward giving God our heart. Absolutely, they chip away at that, at times, uh, really tough exterior. But God desires for us to give him our whole hearts, and he knows better than we do what our blind spots are. We might think we know the problem, and we might come up with a human solution, something that, that seems to make sense, but God sees all around. He sees our past. He sees our personality. He knows our temptations. He knows what's to come. He knows who he has made. And so if we go to God and ask him to help us this Lent, ask him to show us what he wants so that we can give him our whole hearts, he'll get beneath that thing. He'll get in and show us our blind spot. And it might be something that makes no sense to you. But in obedience, when we respond to God's voice and we persevere in obeying what he's asking of us, he will give us the grace to do it. And you will see fruit in your life. So this Lent, I want to invite you, I want to I challenge you to give God your heart. The heart is central, 
right? Even in our modern day culture, we understand that. But especially for the ancient Israelites, there was a, a deeper, a more comprehensive understanding of the heart. Um, in Hebrew, the word was lev, lev, L-E-V. And in, in biblical in the biblical understanding, heart was an organ in the body, right? But it was so much more. You see, the ancient Israelites, they had no concept of a brain, of the mind. So the heart was, uh, in scripture, known as the center of intellectual life, right? It's where we know things. It's where we understand things. It's also the center of emotional life. It's where we feel things like fear, and joy. It's also the place where choices are made. That's where we get language like the desires of my heart. It's something we seek after and want. At the center of us, in the depths of us, is in our hearts. So of course God is after our hearts this Lent because he's after our whole person and it's the heart. Offering to the Lord the heart that gives him our whole person. So I want to propose to you today two ways that you can very practically give God your heart this Lent. And we're going to pivot a little bit here because I think the truest expression of giving God our hearts is to give him our trust. Our trust. You see, trust is the love language of God. You might be thinking, hang on, I know the five love languages. Trust is not a part of the five love languages. You might be thinking, maybe service, right? Service is surely the expression of my love for God. And that's true. That's one way that we express our love for God is in service. But you and I both know that it's possible to serve someone without any love. That's not what the Lord is after. God doesn't desire our cold, obedient, begrudging service. Slaves serve out of duty, but it's children, it's sons and daughters who trust the Father. And that's what the Lord wants to teach us, I believe, this Lent, to express our love, our, our giving of our hearts to him by giving him our trust. Jesus spoke again and again to St. Faustina about trust as the expression of love. Trust as the thing that most captures and moves his heart is our trust. I'll give you one example from the diary. This is paragraph 1578. Jesus says to St. Faustina, the graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. Souls that trust boundlessly are a great comfort to me because I pour all the treasures of my graces into them. I rejoice that they ask for much because it is my desire to give much, very much. On the other hand, I'm sad when souls ask for little, when they narrow their hearts. When they narrow their hearts, do you hear that, that heart language inextricably connected with trust? When we don't trust the Lord, our hearts are narrow, they're, they're closed off, they shrink. But when we trust the Lord, our hearts bloom, they expand, they grow in capacity for love for others, in love for the Lord. We become more of who he created us to be in trust. 
when we surrender all of those things and open ourselves up to the Lord to give him our trust. So if you want to love God this Lent, which I believe is what each and every one of us desires, to grow in holiness is to love God. Give him your heart and give him your heart by giving him your trust. So the two ways I'm going to propose that you give God your trust this Lent are to give him your plans, give him your plans, and to give him the process. Trust him with your plans and trust him in your process. Lent is the perfect time to trust God with your plans. I think that uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about trust in the spiritual life. A lot of people can uh, relate to struggling with trust. Raise your hand, anybody <laughs> struggling to trust God. Well, I think a part of, of that tension is that we're trying to trust God with the most important things, with the biggest things, the, the things that mean the most to us, the things with the highest value in our life. And yet we don't have relationship with God enough to trust his heart. And we haven't practiced trusting him in the little things. So if we wanna trust God in the big things, right? Like our vocation, like the people that you love the most, your family. If you wanna trust him with suffering in, in tragedy, if you want to trust him with your finances, whatever that is for you, what is that thing that feels impossible? You keep trying to trust God, but you always, Take it back. You're always checking up on your trust. What if instead this Lent, we practiced listening to the voice of the Lord, being invited to trust him, giving him our hearts in little things, simply by obeying his voice, simply by doing what he asks us to do this Lent. Let him prove how trustworthy he is this Lent. You can give God your plans simply by trusting his voice. In fact, right now, I was going to save this to the end, but right now, let's pause and let's pray and let's ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to do this Lent? How can I give you my trust this Lent? What's preventing me from giving you my heart? Let's pause and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do for Lent, Lord? What if we abandoned our plan for Lent, those well-laid plans? What if we abandoned those for what we just heard the Lord invite us to? Didn't try to stack it on to all of the other plans we've made, but, but trusted him to do the one thing, the one thing that he knows will help us, will allow us to give him our hearts. I've been invited to do some wacky things during Lent. He asked me to dance every day. I thought, what? <laughs> this is, I thought Lent was supposed to be kind of a dark, somber, penitential season. It is, but the Lord knew what was beneath. He's always getting down beneath what it is that we need. He, he's in those blind spots and he saw a place in my heart that needed healing. There was one Lent, he invited me to take a walk every day. Take a walk every day. All, all of these invitations 
are, are sound too good to be true. And, and let me give you that caveat. If what you just heard from the Lord sounds too good to be true, it's probably the Lord because he's kinder. He's more loving and generous than we can possibly imagine. So don't be suspicious of, of that sense that you have in prayer of what the Lord is inviting you to do. Maybe it is a, a more intense fast, but if the Lord is the one inviting you, he'll give you the grace to do it. So right now, on the day before Ash Wednesday, I want to invite you to trust him with your plans and instead to receive and to be obedient to his plans. And to help you do that, I, I want to invite you to, to trust God in the process. Trust him in the process. One more time for the people in the back, in the process. What does that mean? It means you don't have to be perfect. It means you don't have to get it right the first time. I have had so many failed Lent or what I perceived as a failed Lent because when I didn't do it perfectly, I got discouraged, which is actually a sign of pride. I digress. You don't have to be perfect in Lent. You just have to persevere in Lent because God works in the process. Remember that blind man in, in Mark chapter 8 when Jesus pulls him aside to heal him and he, he rubs spit on his eyes and he asks the man, what do you see? And he says, I, well, I see, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Why didn't Jesus heal him the first time? Why, when he could do it, when he had healed people, one and done, why did he choose with that man to, to make it happen over time? Why did it take two tries? We might get frustrated in our own healing, in our own journey of holiness, in our own pursuit of virtue. We can get discouraged when we're not as far along as we think we are. And yet, this is how the Lord works. He works in stages. He heals progressively. We grow over time. This is true in the natural world, but somehow we forget to apply it to our spiritual lives. In the natural world, uh, a baby does not grow into a man overnight. In the natural world, grapes do not become wine overnight without Jesus stepping in. In the natural world, seeds don't become, aren't ready for harvest overnight. We see process all around us reflected in the seasons throughout the year. And yet we get discouraged when we don't change overnight. We get angry at the Lord. We think it's impossible. And yet all of creation is encouraging us to trust him in the process. That something beautiful is unfolding. Something beautiful is growing. Even when we can't see the growth, the, the roots are being planted and spreading out beneath the soil. The same is true of you. Trust God in the process. Don't give up week one, day one, if you're not perfect. Persevere in trust. Persevere in that word that you heard from the Lord. Get right back up and keep going. You know, I recently made a five-day silent retreat, and uh, I was surprised that some very familiar things came up, but quite unexpectedly, there were memories and, and wounds that I had been bringing to the Lord for years. I, I was aware of them. It's not like they were repressed. I'd asked the Lord to heal. I, I'd asked the Lord for clarity. And it always felt like there was some kind of movement 
there was a little bit of healing, but it still stung. It was still there. And by God's grace and in his providence, he, he gave me healing on this retreat, years, decades sometimes after the event. Even though I'd been praying for years, I'd been studying scripture, I'd been bringing this thing to the Lord for years, he chose to do it uh, on my five-day silent retreat after how many years, because that's when I could receive it. You see, the, the Lord is not expecting us to be different than we are. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So this Lent, let him know you. Let him be the one to tell you what you need and respond, follow the good shepherd. It's what Jesus does. Jesus, the way he leads and we follow. So why not this Lent? Allow the Lord to lead. And I'm praying you have the best, the most beautiful, the most fruitful Holy Spirit-led Lent ever. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that everything's stirring in our hearts, everything on our minds. Lord, none of that is hidden from you. None of that surprises you. So we bring before you um, our whole lives, our whole hearts, our whole selves. Jesus, you know that we desire to give you our hearts, to give you our trust. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, with your help to lead us this Lent, that we might make a more perfect, a more a fuller offering of ourselves to you. Grant us the grace God, to hear your voice and to persevere in what we hear. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praying for you, friends. Can't wait to hear what the Lord's inviting you to this Lent. Let us know in the comments. See you next week. Bye.